Twitter. We once had things in common. Now the only thing we share is the refrigerator. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Ice cold, baby. Okay. I told you I'm ice cold. What's your favorite word? You out here flying high. I'm going to fly that thing. What's your least favorite word? What turns you on? Weather. Weather? Yeah. Okay. Any particular type of weather? Yeah, um. Moody weather. Yeah, it's storm. Yeah, moody. What turns you on? Weird people. <laughs> what does that mean? Like, how do you define someone me? that's not on my level? Like, yeah. In, in what kind of way? Um, yeah, there's someone that's, yeah, just bringing the wrong energy, the wrong words. Just okay, cool, cool, cool. What's your favorite, uh, what's your favorite swear word? <laughs> what sound or noise do you love? Sound uh, What sound or noise do you hate? Um, and what profession other than the one you currently do do you like to attend? Um, being either a musician or basketball. Okay, cool, cool. Are you good at basketball? Yeah, I need to play for London. You look at me like I should have known. Sure. Sorry, my friend. Um, and uh, what, <laughs> you say I will be. <laughs> okay. Uh, and you said, um, what profession would you not like to do under any circumstances? Um, Well done, young man. Yeah. Well, um, that was a questionnaire by um, James Limpton. Um, like I was telling you earlier, but he, he um, interviews actors in front of students. But, um, but that questionnaire is originally like from a French uh, TV personality. I can't remember his name. Okay. But, um, yeah, I always, I always like that studio. I always fucked up that questionnaire. Okay. But, um, Obviously, I know who you are, but um, for anyone who may or may not be listening, who am I? Yeah, I'm Emmanuel Cole, um, photographer from East London. Okay, uh, how old are you? At uh, twenty eight, at the moment. Uh, where are you from? Um, that's a hard question. Um, I'm from, I'm, I was born in Hammersmith, grew up in um, Hackney with a twist of, with a bit of Chingford and Tottenham Seven Sisters in there. Okay. So yeah, it's like east, north, west. Uh, who'd you grow up with? Um, we grew up in a, a house with like a big family, me, brother, sister, uh, and my mum, and okay. yeah, my brother and sister's dad, who's there sometimes. What do they do for like um professionally? 
Um, I can lie. Can I lie? Yeah, yeah, go on. Um, my my mum is like she worked in cleaning when when I first was like yeah when I was a kid she was like just cleaning houses and stuff. Uh, my dad, my my sorry, my dad. Yeah, well, I didn't live my dad, but my dad is a um, software developer, brother. He does bits and bobs, uh, labouring or um, that kind of stuff. And my yeah. sister is, she studies psychology, but I think she's trying to find her feet right now. She hasn't got yeah. a job in that field. Are you like the youngest, the middle? I'm the oldest. oldest, I'm the oldest, yeah. Ah, I've always had the responsibility. Mm. Yeah, pretty much got, had to set the example and stuff like that. Um, yeah. Which is funny because I was the last one, not the last one, I was, I was obviously being the oldest, you'd think I'd, yeah, I should go set the example and... I thought that would be by going uni or whatever, but yeah. I, I didn't go uni. My sister being the last one is was the first one to go uni, so... Okay. Yeah. What did you, um, you know, growing up, what was your uh, your vision of, like, what your life would be professionally? What did you see yourself doing? Like, I had this thing where, like, I'd change. Mm. Um, well, like, I'd, if I saw an episode of Baywatch, I'd say I want to be a, a fucking lifeguard. Mm-hmm. If, I, if I saw, I don't know... Um, you know that what was that show called with the um I don't know if you know it's the Asian it's the it was an Asian cop who's quite big it's quite chubby guy but Asian and then Chinese or Chinese, Indian Chinese no yeah yeah so Oriental Oriental um, um uh, I can't no, remember no. I can't remember do you know what I'm talking about oh fuck's sake no. but um, it's like a detective show okay uh, oh but, yeah you born <laughs> <laughs> I, hope, bro, I used to watch all of it you know, you know like the old Hulk series and shit okay. like Channel 5 shows but anyway what I'm trying to say is like I, 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 it changed a lot sometimes I'd want to be a a lifeguard a bus driver a fireman dumb shit but in terms of you did you did you have like a an idea of what you wanted to do I've always had an idea about what I wanted to do cause, which was um Oof, it depends, like, for starting from when I was, like, maybe six, I wanted to be a fireman or something like that. Mm. Um, but then by the time I was, like, eight, nine, I wanted to become, like, a professional athlete. So whether that was doing track and field, which is yeah. what I was doing in school at the time, I was pretty good at it. Um, Successfully? Yeah, very. At what level? Uh, I was always the best in my school, the best in my borough. Um, Did you run for like, acne as well? Um, so I, I went to school in Chingford, so I did like athletics for them. I did, yeah, athletics, running, triple jump, swimming, Shit, the whole yeah, 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 uh, yeah, cross country running, all of that stuff. Right. So that was, yeah, by the age of like nine, ten, that was like the dream to like. Did you take it seriously at any point? Yeah, yeah, very serious. Like I used to do, you know, even though I was a kid, I'd, after school I'd go home and do like little bits of training and set up my own little circuits in the, in the garden and do little running around and yeah. certain drills um so yeah athletics was the one for a while and then when i got to the age of 14 basketball was um my my interest that's where that's what i was like passionate about so yeah i i, I practiced basketball every day at secondary school uh after school before school yeah uh, and yeah it was well on my way to like going in that path but then yeah things changed as i got older what changed um I guess it's the teenage years, like when you get to 16, 17, 18, you know, you go to college, things get a bit more serious. I mean, that was a difficult period for me. Um, but yeah, I can't even say exactly what changed. Um, I mean, for some people, like I have friends who, um, for example, will take football seriously, but like an injury. Yeah. And then you pick up habits that, yeah. you know, 
don't necessarily complement the lifestyle you yeah. have for whatever your athletic uh-huh. discipline is or whatever. Yeah. Um, and that used that changed. Mm-hmm. Um, so, for example, I know. <clears throat> One guy who suffered a bad knee injury, for instance. And everyone, like, everyone suffered yeah, a bad knee. Yeah, the knee injuries aren't the one. The knee injuries aren't the one. They're making memes like that shit on no, Instagram you, now. You, they're you just wanna, taking a piss out of people's lives. You want to break a bone, you don't want to do. You don't want to do the ligament damage. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So things like that. Was it? Was it a physical? <coughs> was it a physical thing that had you change your mind? Was it a, the discipline um, that put you off, or was it just like a creative? Yeah. I think it was like a, it was a it was a thing in the household. Because that sometimes it happens where you realise that you know sport, you physically enjoy it, but creativity is something that you, you you're more sort of obsessive with. Yeah, it kind of like that. Or... Yeah, no, I wasn't even obsessed with creativity or anything like that. For me, it was more like um, uh, struggles in the house. Like my mum wasn't trying to support uh, my my my. It's expensive uh, taking up. Like, no, no, it wasn't even money. She just couldn't actually see uh, basketball being a way that I would provide for my family or so for myself. Yeah, so she just thought, yeah, she wasn't keen to support the sports because she thought it wasn't gonna go or lead to anything. So, and you know, being a hard-headed, stubborn person that I am, and determined uh, person I am, I just kind of at the age of like sixteen, seventeen, thought, yeah, I knew better than her, and just so kind of stop there. So you, that's finishing school. Mm-hmm. Um, so did you go to college? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I went to college. What did you choose to study in college? Um, computer. Uh, you like studied computer. computer. <laughs> I was going to say computer science, but it definitely wasn't computer science. It was like IT and business. Mm. Yeah. yeah. My, IT mom, and my business. mom does computer science. You know? Oh, is it? Yeah, yeah. She graduated recently. What? Well, not recently. Like, um, I think two years now. That's it. Right. And, um... I can't remember the uni. It was like a, a church thing, but okay. like, um, yeah, she got her she got her degree. She got computer science. She rubs it in my face that I have mm. Like <laughs> basically, there's a picture of my mum's um, graduation uh, thing. Where, you know the yeah the scroll. The, scroll. I was, yeah, scroll the right way. Yeah, yeah, scroll, yeah, scroll. yeah the scroll. So yeah, she, she her holding the scroll, whatever for lack of a better word. Um, and my sister's holding one, and mm. my other sister's holding one. And you just see my picture of me in primary school, just like like just above my mum. Oh, so what like, are you? What are you? <laughs> it's like wow. a like a gap on the wall. Wow. Of like yeah, eventually, hopefully, Sam one day, Sam one might day. might might get a scroll for yeah, you. Yeah, you, you've got the ability to do all that. Oh, you can nah, get that. It's, it's not really. It's the discipline. Mm. But um, anyway, so in terms of college, you chose to study. Uh, IT, yeah, IT, IT and business. Um, okay. I did that for like a year. It's meant to be a two-year course. I dropped out um, because by that point I was living kind of independently in my life. Right. I was like at my mom's house a bit, at my at my dad's house a bit, and that kind of gave me the opportunity to realize that they both weren't really watching me too well. They weren't watching you too well. Yeah, what because one person would think I was at one house, one person would think I was at the other, and they found that my dad, he was kind of. Busy with me then. So uh, quite elusive. Yeah. yeah, so I was able to get away with like wasting time basically. Um, so yeah, yeah, not not yeah, not not the best part of my life I'd say. Mm. Um, I, yeah, I think yeah. Six, while I was doing that IT and business, I when I stopped, I ended up going to uh, sign on the job centre, yeah. uh, and then I met a crowd of people, and that's when I started like drinking and going out a bit. Um, <laughs> yeah, just doing a bit more living and less planning, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was that phase of um, 
No, re- realizing that yeah, you're not in secondary school anymore. Where you have to go to school every day. It's like I was able to get away with things yeah, basically. A lot more control. Really. Yeah, but in, but when where like you chose to do um, IT and business. Yeah. Um, it, at that point, was that how you saw yourself like moving forward, like working in those specific industries? Okay, five minutes still. Yeah, go ahead. Man. If uh, in that spe- sorry, in that specific industry of like IT. Say that again. So when you, so for example, so myself, mm-hmm. I studied media in college. Yeah. I was. I got. I got there. I got. I got. I started studying media as well. So when okay. I, so when I jumped out of IT and business, and then I went and signed on for a year. Uh, I had this phase in my life where I was obsessed with video games when I was 17. I started playing this game called World of Warcraft. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty much dominated my life for like two or three years. <laughs> um, but once I got over that addiction, I did go back to college at the age of 19 and I studied media. And that was for the specific, uh, the specific purpose of what? Uh, I chose media just because my mom said to me, if you don't go back to school uh, and study something, I'm going to kick you out of the house. Right. So I looked at a bunch of courses at yeah. college and I saw media and thought it'd just be sitting down watching TV all day, so I thought it was going to be easy. Actually, it's not that. Yeah, I had no interest in media. I had no was idea what media... It was just a mixture of things like uh, animation, uh, film production... Um, yeah, mainly those two things. Um, okay. I, yeah, I wish it was a bit more diverse, but that was pretty much what it was. Was that something you enjoyed, though, the course? Uh, yeah, it was cool. I met some cool people. Uh, one one person in my class was a friend from primary school, so that was nice to reconnect with him. Yeah, I was with some cool people, but I wasn't that interested in um, animation and video. I actually, I, hate, I actually hated it. Really? Mm-hmm. Why? You know, I don't know. Do I, just, I just feel like I'm a person that knows... I tend to know what I want to do, so if I'm doing something and it doesn't feel right, I, 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 know, I, can, I know straight away. So, so you, you didn't enjoy I didn't enjoy sitting on the computer using 3D Max and trying to make characters, and it was just, it was Not a feel the pain, yeah, I, I really hated it. Mm. So that was the first year, and then the second year of uh, media, they then made what it. What year is this? What were you, this what? is like 2008. Okay. Yeah, 2008, 2009. Um, and then um, in the second year of media that the, uh, the, the course then became a bit more broad and um, I had a, a project where it was like a final year project and, I was, and the teacher said oh, that everyone was allowed to base their projects on anything so I decided to base my projects final year projects on photography for some reason I don't know why um, and then yeah that, that opened up a whole different kind of world so yeah. I want to talk to you about fundraising. Go on. Because that's obviously how we met. Mm-hmm. Um, so, how did you end up fundraising? So, that was... Really At cool. what point did you... Had you finished college? No, I was in college. So, I was in college. So, I met you when you were in college. Yeah, right? yeah. I was still okay. studying in college. So, what year What year did you... Uh, no, actually, I think when we met, I, I just... I, I think when we met, I just quit college. So, this and, is... And what year are we... What, what year... Uh, so we're in 2011 now. By 2011, I, I quit met. college, and, and, we, and we met in 2012, the start of 2012. Yeah. So at one, okay. So let's talk about fundraising for a minute. Yeah. Why fundraising? 
Um, yeah, fun, I picked fundraising because I was looking for jobs left, right, and centre. I never had a job by the age of 20. Like, you know, I got to 20 and I've never worked a, a job a day in my so life. What was it about the fundraising? Um, so, yeah, there was a girl in my college who was applying for jobs one day and she, she got a job and she kind of was really excited about it. And she kind of she announced it to a class, like, oh, I've got a job. And I, I went over to her computer and like sat down and started speaking to her. And she actually yeah, she made it apparent to me that it was fundraising. Uh, and yeah, uh, she just told me that she was going to give it a try and then she would try and help me get in because yeah. I, I told her I was interested. And then, yeah, she did. Uh, yeah, she got me in. She, 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 she started um, and, and then she got me in and then I started working in straight after her. So yeah, that was good. Right. Hold on, can you pause it? Uh, no sure. pausing. Uh, I mean, we could edit out, but um, right, cool. I'll pause it. Oh, wait, no, you don't need to pause it then. I need to use the toilet real quick. You want, no, <laughs> let's pause Right, so... Um, so, yeah this, yeah, this girl, her name was Marcia. Uh, and then, yeah, she did one or two weeks in home fundraising. Uh, she, yeah, I think she ended up staying in a company right, for a it month. It might be weird that we, you just said their names, but it's okay. We'll yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think, she, I think she was only doing... I think she only worked there for like a month, but it was her second week into the company that I joined. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, the rest is history, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, when I met you, mm-hmm. you were team leading. Yeah, I was about a year into the job. So, uh, I remember seeing you in the office. I think you were in um, a champion hoodie. Uh-huh. Uh, with a hat, with a, the hat, like a bowler hat. Like yeah. Now. And I thought to myself, this boy looks smug. <laughs> he looked like he thinks he's the shit and he's willing to stand by it. Imagine. But um, um, as someone who um who always struggled to deal with like or, or, or authoritative figures, yeah. Um, I just want to talk about your approach to team leading because you were obviously you were someone who was very very successful as a team leader. Yeah. I mean, Fundraising isn't necessarily like something that people talk about, no. as in like you know, it's not no. it's not a topic of conversation. But in terms of the people who were involved in fundraising, we understood the difficulty of what we were doing mm-hmm. and the significance of some of the achievements yep. that people met along the way. And yeah. uh, your your achievements were very significant because it wasn't necessarily about personal scores; it was about creating an environment wow. where teams can get like you can get the best at each and every person in that team so in terms of leadership what was your approach and did you have much thought into how you were gonna approach getting what you needed to get out of people oh right um no i wouldn't say i feel like the whole team leading thing came natural to me because like yeah i'm the oldest in a family of three and i'm I'm i've always been used to telling my siblings what to do and um yeah, just I remember, you know, sitting at home and saying to my brother, you know, get 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 me the remote even though it's just over there yeah, and stuff yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Um <clears throat> and yeah, just small things along the way in my life made me realise that I was quite good at talking to people because I understood the um like em- I was I'm quite empathetic. Yeah. And I understand because uh, for me the key things about what is important for me in relationships with people is respect and stuff like that. So I always had a feeling that if I didn't disrespect someone and I spoke to them in the right way, then, you know, it'd be quite... cosmic law would just apply. Yeah, it was never about making myself seem like I was bigger than that person or they were bigger than me. Everything was based on equal uh, play. uh, Individual effort. Yeah, and that kind of thing. So, yeah, I definitely say my family life had a part to play in that. But then 
as been, as time has gone on in my life, I realised that I do have that way with people, like younger people, and you know. So yeah. let's speak about that. So like, you're a photographer, obviously. So um, and we'll talk about how you started off, you know, getting into photography or mm -hmm. whatever. But um, mm -hmm. as a photographer and seeing people and seeing things and capturing moments, um, that's a skill in itself. The observation of it. How did you like apply that individually? Because you know, being someone who's how did, how did I apply what? Uh, sort of. In my mind, anyway, I think that the observations that you have naturally as a photographer, you applied as a team leader. Yeah. Which was like, which was to your benefit, obviously. Yeah. So what I'm asking is like. Was there a methodical approach? Did you think about it? Did you? With did you yeah, because let let's be honest. I mean, you were team leader me, who is not the e I am nowhere near the the easiest person to manage, control, mm. sort of get to tick, so yeah. to speak. But you did just have me. You had really tough characters. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Um, we don't need to say. Yeah, names, yeah, yeah. It would be teams of four to six, sometimes eight, nine. Yeah, you know what I mean? ten. These stupid yeah. numbers of people that you're trying to get to work the street yeah. in a very specific, coordinated way, yeah. achieve your personal targets, <clears throat> and make sure everyone else in the in the room, everyone else on the team. Yeah, pardon me. Yeah, you've been pardoned. I've been doing burpees. Nice. But, <laughs> but like, yeah, everyone else on the team. It's been, everyone else on the team has been uh, has been doing uh, getting the best out of all everyone, these individuals yeah, yeah. who are very strong personalities. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying. Um, so I, I thought so. I grew up in like a, quite a I wouldn't say rough, but you know, I grew up in quite a mad neighborhood, and then I also have like a big family. So what I'm always used. Was that, by the way? Uh, it was a estate in Chingford called Chingford Hall Estate. Okay, cool. Um, and then, yeah, even in Hackney, I grew up in a Pembria state. Um, Pembria? Yeah. Uh -huh. So a combination of those two, um, as I've gotten older, I've realised that those two uh, parts of my life have, have contributed so much to, yeah, who I am now and how I view the world and stuff like that. So, yeah, going back to your question about how did I work with different characters that work and stuff like that and understand how to get the best out of them is because... Yeah, I'm, I'm used to working and talking to in my in my life with those kind of people. So, and like I said, going back to the whole respect thing, like it was never respect. Yeah, without him. That's what I'm saying. That that's that that was the essence of what I was doing with uh, the the people at home fundraising I was working with. It was just giving them respect, uh, giving them respect, and um, allowing them to just be who they are and not really. Not really like managing them too much, but kind of just guiding and directing them, mm -hmm. and that was what it was. I think my the key to my success in um, home fundraising, because yeah, I mean, we did I did have the record with you um, for the most signups the company ever had in a week and stuff. And I feel like yeah, I never really babied anyone. It was just a part. It was just mainly allowing them to remain themselves and be themselves, mm. but then also reminding them that if they did anything wrong, they would ultimately be disrespecting me, mm. and, and, and no one really wanted to do that, because that's, I didn't disrespect that's that. A very, that's, a, that's a key angle, because that takes a fair amount of ego to say, like, and take me in respectfully. Mm. That's a fair amount of ego to say that, you know, I know you're a strong character, I know you're capable, yeah. but I also know that 
who I am holds weight and I don't think that you are out here trying to disappoint me and my yeah. efforts. Yeah. What gave you the confidence? I mean, at the, the, at the end of the day, it's simple. Like, I applied for that job and they applied for that job. If it wasn't for us both applying for the, for the job, we wouldn't have been in that company. So, ultimately, they came to work, you know? Like... Yeah, ultimately, they, ultimately they came to work. So there was never uh, like I didn't force these people to be there. They chose to apply to the job and to come and work there. So based off of that, they had to work. So <clears throat> the working thing was always going to be there. Right. And then if they ever did kind of fall out of place, or whatever, it'd just be because they forgot themselves, or maybe they do have stresses in their other life and they wanted to bring it to it's work. It's not necessarily something but, that you were willing to take on. No, nah, I mean. The, you mean when you say willing to take on I was, wasn't willing to make take on their, their stress make your problem no, yeah no no not at all I, I felt like we never really got into uh, people's personal problems when we were at work I mean obviously if people wanted to uh, let uh, release and um, vent then they, they always could do that with me but I'd never be one to be trying to bring up people's personal issues and yeah. stuff like that it was very much just work like, we, we just focused on work and had that little... And then, yeah, we'd banter along the way, so... Banter along yeah, the way. Yeah, never um, try to get too deep with people about their personal stuff. Yeah. Okay. So, um, let's talk about what we're here to talk about then, isn't it? Um, photography. Yeah. Um, so, fundraising, you started, and the year was 2009. Mm-hmm. You met me in the year... I started what? fundraising in 2011. Sorry. Sorry, 2011. I met you in 2012. Met me in 2012. Started photography in... 2011. 2011. And um, what were your first steps? I mean, do you know what? Before yeah. we get to your first steps, where were you and how... What were, not, not literally, like, where were... Geography, ge- yeah. geographically speaking, not that... Um, but in terms of mentally, um, what was the decision to start taking pictures and um, get into a place where you're like, I'm not just taking pictures, I'm going to do this, yeah. make it something that I'm getting, like, that I study, make it an art, so to speak, mm-hmm. and something that I can sort of, uh, de- like, develop, hone in and feed myself from. Uh, well, yeah. Was it when? How did that? How did that work out? Was it just like? I like so based on everything you said, it's it like, like in the long. Based on everything you said, it's a long. That was a long process to to get from knowing that I wanted to take pictures to then knowing that I wanted to make a living from it. Mm-hmm. That was like a five year gap almost. So okay. Um, so the five year took, gap. So when was it? It took time. So it started in two thousand and ten uh, when I was studying in um, the media, like I said earlier. When I was doing that media course, I'm uh, part of the co- part of the media course in the universe uh, in the college. Sorry, um, was they sent us on a trip for a week around the UK um, with a bunch of filmmakers who were external, like they weren't from the school. So uh, some filmmakers who were like professional filmmakers came into the school and took a few of us uh, on the trip. Uh, a few of us who were interested in media. Uh, to film uh, a, a short documentary about children that had um, a rare muscle disorder called... Um, rare is in bum. Rare, like rare conditions. Oh, like that's rare, okay. Yeah, like rare, yeah, no, <laughs> like no. rare end. Like, no, no, it's sorry, like a, it's yeah. not too... Uh, yeah, rare. It's a rare condition okay. called... Um, 
actually forgot the name of it, but I remember the charity was called Action Duchenne. Uh, and apparently the kids that get this uh, uh, people Duchenne. that get this yeah. I, I know Duchenne yeah I think Duchenne might be the name of the um, the mus- muscular the muscular the problem oh sorry it's the name of a yeah. sorry, I thought you said the name of the organisation no, no. yeah so the, ch- the charity was called Action Duchenne and was it, was a was someone called Duchenne? No, no, I didn't mean no one called Duchenne. You know, you don't know anyone called Duchenne. No, okay, no. I know a guy who called Duchenne who so, works who works in fundraising at a pretty decent level. Wow. Okay. Um, probably so, no, no, small I, world doesn't matter. I probably shouldn't have said his name, but if you're listening, yeah. Duchenne, hello, my name's yeah, man, like Duchenne, shout out. Um, yeah. yeah, no, no. So this is just a charity called Duchenne, uh, Action Duchenne. So as uh, as I was going on about that journey and on that trip. There was uh, one of the filmmakers. Um, he he kind of like, I think I wouldn't say he took an interest in me, but he kind of he would show me pictures on his phone uh, of like his friend who did photography. Okay. And uh, yeah, we'd we'd he'd just show me these images, and these images I'd look at them, and they would give me this kind of feeling of like a, like a deeper feeling. And I was twenty at the time, um, so that was eight years ago. But yeah, I still remember just him showing me this picture off of his foot. Off of his iPhone, I think this is the near enough the time iPhone first came out. Yeah, and they were like provoking something in me. Like I was just looking at them and feeling something, and then yeah, the trip went on, and uh, yeah, obviously I was around cameras and stuff, and yeah, I got back home from that trip, and I went straight onto the internet and googled how to become a photographer. Uh, <laughs> just and, um, yeah, just, it was literally that simple. Yeah. Um, him just showing me some pictures off of his phone. I went back and googled it. Did you start off um, with your phone? Or? Yeah, so, and, you know, so yeah, once I've Googled it, um, my own, I think my, it, this must have been about September, and then a month later, it was my birthday. <coughs> nice one. <laughs> yeah. A month later, it must have been my birthday. Yeah. And my uncle, who used to take me to my athletic events and my basketball games, uh, he'd been a big role model in my life, like, assisting me with everything I needed when I was young. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, my 20th birthday is coming up and he's just thinking, like, I've been out of the game for, like, three years because of playing this video game and stuff like that. War of Warcraft. World of Warcraft, yeah. That's a War of Warcraft. Whatever. Yeah. Um, so he just asked me the simple question on my 20th birthday, uh, what do you want for your birthday? And uh, I just said to him, I want a camera. Uh, I think he ended up spending, like, 450 or 500 pounds Shit, on me. that's... He literally made the, an investment. In off the get-go. Just for me saying I wanted to be a photographer, he bought me a camera, spent, like, half a grand. That's belief. Um, yeah, I, feel, I, I, I owe him so much to this day. Mm. But, um, and that was the beginning of it. So I got the camera, and I pretty much just put it straight on my shelf in my room, and it, I never touched it for about maybe six months because I just I was a bit scared of it six months where where what in this terms is of like, time this where? is um, so I got the camera on uh, October 30th which is my birthday 2010 and I didn't use it properly until like uh, 2011 March oh. or something which is when I joined home fundraising okay. um, so yeah that that was um, all of that process but then through going through the fundraising and working in a company and home fundraising and being given the opportunity to travel around the UK and see so many different landscapes uh, I was uh, yeah I was getting a little bit of motivation and then around the same time Instagram just came out yeah and that was where like yeah what year my was whole, what year is it um, 2011 Instagram came out I think Instagram came out 2011 February or something I, I got on the app in April, May, about June. I got on the app in June 2011. Uh, and then, yeah, I started 
seeing first thoughts was I just thought, ah, oh, this is just a, <laughs> it was all confusing just seeing squares and boxes because obviously the app has developed a lot now since then. <laughs> At all this I, point, I probably I'm not on it. You on you don't know nothing about this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, you were you were off the web. I remember off I, was, the web. I was telling you about Facebook all them days. Yeah. You weren't even trying to get on that. I had a t-shirt. I had a t-shirt. It literally said, no, I'm not on fucking Facebook. I wore it with wow. pride. Wow, okay. to me at the time. Well, well done. I'm sure you... are <laughs> still living that, that... You're still living by that motto, right? I, I'm not on Facebook, but, you know, soon come, you know, you know. No, I don't. I'd be activated at some. Do you know what it is? It's like Facebook feed seems like a feasible way of, like, um, keeping, like, a daily... It's like a daily reminder that you're active. Yeah. Um, for people who are like in your life but on the periphery of your life mm-hmm. you know what I mean like yeah, maybe yeah. in a different country or just you for some reason aren't speaking regularly yeah. but I feel like there's a lot of people who I'm not speaking to but if I wanted to just find out how they were you can go on Facebook yeah in 15 minutes I could find out I don't have a Facebook account yeah. but it's a nice it's nice to know that I could make a Facebook account and, and find them yeah 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 no it served its purpose at, at the time it did in my life but I had to deactivate it because I just felt like it wasn't... You know what? I just had this really backwards mentality with it and I thought... I, I asked myself this simple question. If this, if this application paying me, am I making money from it? Am I... Is it putting money in my pocket? It's so Is it paying some rent? It's so Or is it just allowing old school friends to yeah. stalk my life? To stalk my life. And I was literally. like, it's just allowing old people to check what I'm doing. So I, based off of that, I, I, um, I terminated it about three years ago. So I met you... In 2012, you said, mm-hmm. and um, one thing that was um, that felt very um, not deliberate, but felt very um, significant. Let's say was that I met you at the start of a project. Yeah, a three six five. Let's talk about it. Yeah, so I think I must have just seen someone else doing it on YouTube or something. Doing what? Uh, three six five taking one picture every day for what? a year. Okay. And for me, um, like I said, I said earlier uh, when we were speaking about um, my final year project at college, and I based I based that off of photography. But my final year project was the three six five, taking a picture every day for a year. And um, yeah, first it started off with a college project. I think I left. Co- I think I dropped out of college maybe a hundred days into that project. Mm. So no one in college ended up seeing the final uh, product. Um, but I, I, I personally saw the development of my photography through that, uh, through doing that project. I think by day, by day, day fifty, my pictures are looking terrible. By day, <laughs> but what type of pictures were you taking? I was taking pictures of flowers, pictures, <laughs> pictures of, <laughs> of door, doors, pictures of dogs, pictures of. Sometimes I took pictures of what I ate for breakfast. But when you were taking it on, did you um? Was it, was it, did you take it seriously? Was it something I, I'm just going to try and see where this goes? Well, well I had to take it seriously because at that time I wasn't interested in photography as, as I am now. But then the, there were certain days where it got to like 11.50 and I had 10 minutes to take a picture that day. And, and because I was so determined to not fail, I'd just get out of my house and run around the corner, just, find some sort of light and take to, a picture. Right. And what um, type of things were you taking pictures of at that time? Anything, like lights and, and stuff. I mean, if it got late at night, maybe I'd get my tripod that my uncle bought me and set it up on my on my camera. Did you have a... Find um, a car going by. Sorry, I keep interrupting you, but was there... Um, 
do you have a specific inspiration? So was there um, a photographer you were imitating? At the time, no. Nah, the theme that you nah, were trying to find? No, nah, at the time, I, you know, we're talking about 2011, uh, 2010, 11. There wasn't anyone. There wasn't anyone I was inspired by majorly. I mean, I used to look at someone on the internet. I think he's a photographer from uh, the West Coast of America called Navis. Um, God knows if he still exists. But I used to look at his stuff. He had like a blog. At, at, Navis. Yeah, Navis Photography. Okay. Um, N-A-V-I-S. Uh, I used to like look at his blog and see some of his travel pictures. And I think he used to go and tour with certain music artists. So he'd get all these... Uh, he'd take pictures of just a lifestyle and moving on a coach on a tour bus and that would be like my inspiration but apart from that um, there wasn't really anything like, I just took pictures of like like I said flowers and basic things but yeah as, as, the, as the 365 project progressed and I got to day 200 I could actually see an, a huge improvement in my work um, when you got to day 200 yeah so by the time I was at 200 I could see improvement so um, was it something you were looking for um, were you looking for a specific type of um, style, or um, I was, were you just literally committed to the idea of taking a picture? Every yeah, day I was just and just seeing that was happens. it. Yeah, that, that's the. Um, I mean, the it's a shame. Just kind of happened as a result. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's a shame because I'm not the most deep thinking person. Obviously, I do think quite deeply in in a lot of aspects or moments in my life. But at the time of doing that project, it was just taking a picture of anything and um, just accomplishing the goal of making sure I had a picture every day mm. so yeah it's not until later in my life that I started to deep things such as like my upbringing my unique walk of life what I've gone through my story uh, because yeah when you get into photography and you start seeing loads of other photographers work um, you want to mimic it you want to do what yeah. they're doing you want to compete but then, yeah you want to compete but then you realise the only way you can compete is by understanding and accepting your own personal story and realizing that no one Representing else can, it. yeah, no one no, realizing no one else can can mimic your life and what you've seen, and then just yeah, trying to work from that, I guess. Mm. So yeah. No, I haven't. Okay, so um, so you're doing your three sixty picture, your three sixty photos. Mm -hmm. You're getting better every day. Yep. At what point um do you start thinking about? I'm taking pictures and getting better at it. I can pro I can sort of make some money off this. I can feed myself. Okay, cool. Um, so that 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 took a little while. That was like two years later. So I finished the three six five project in uh, two thousand and eleven, mm. and at this point, Instagram kind of came into my life as well. So I think I started using Instagram about two hundred days into the project, mm. and from there. Instagram kind of took over from 365, so I'd be just posting some of the 365 pictures on my Instagram. Mm -hmm. um, and then um, what would happen, what was happening was I was getting, I post a picture on Instagram and I'd get five likes and then five became eight and then I learned about hashtags yeah. and I started putting certain hashtags on a picture and then five or eight likes became 20. Yeah. And yeah, there was that magic of Instagram where you start to think there's people out there who don't even know me that are liking my work. Yeah, yeah. So that was... Um, and that was like a source of encouragement. That was a source of encouragement in, in, in the biggest sense, man. Like, that really, really fueled like, a, a, a big fight on me. Um, one second, man. Yeah. So, um, you're, you're taking pictures. Mm -hmm. You're using Instagram. Yeah. So what's the thinking here? You know, you're, you're practising this thing that you think you might be good at. 
you've um you've invested in it, you've bought a camera. Yeah. What's the step? What's the next step? Yeah, the step at the time I'm still, you know, I'm enjoying fundraising, I'm just starting to hit all you know, yeah, we're twenty twelve. I'm just about getting good at fundraising, I'm starting to make some decent money from it. I think I even travelled to Ibiza like this year because of the money that came from fundraising. Um, but then at the same time of all of this, photography was there as well. And um, the company, uh, Home Fundraising, gave me an iPhone. Yeah. And that's why I took a lot of my pictures on and picture that I put on Instagram. And um, yeah, it was because of that iPhone that I kind of put my camera on the back burner and let it collect dust. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I got a lot of acknowledgement from Instagram. You know, like I said, I was getting like a couple of likes and then turned to like 10, 20, 30. Uh, and that was good. Like, I was enjoying that. I think so I was... at what point are you thinking, okay, so I'm taking pictures. People like my pictures mm-hmm. to, hold on. This could be it's profit. Yeah. It's profit to be I made. I actually never thought that there was profit to be made because no one else uh, on Instagram or social media was making money from it at the time. I was, I was one of the first people. I was probably the first photographer in London to make money from Instagram, so... That's... I mean, now there's probably about thousands, so that's... that's um, that was a, a big thing for me at the time. But, um, yeah, no, it, it was all going fine, the taking pictures, of, um, putting them on Instagram, getting acknowledgement. But then in about 2013 or 2000, yeah, 2013, I got an email from Instagram when I had 2,000 followers. And they, they emailed me and said that they liked my pictures and that they thought I was doing a good thing and that they wanted to put me on something that they called a suggested user list, uh, which was... Uh, apparently going to give me more followers and and that's what happened and in under two weeks i went from two thousand to twenty two thousand uh in two weeks and that was that was when my brain just uh, started to like freak out uh because i remember the night i got made a suggested user and i got like 100 followers in in 10 minutes and and, and it just kept going every day i was having i think every day i was gaining like five thousand followers yeah and it was just i remember just i was young i was like 21 or 22 but i was freaking out i was literally my my heart was beating fast i was shaking i just didn't know what to do um but then yeah after two yeah because i started just seeing loads of people coming onto my account and then yeah and yeah let's say you know you know march the first i had two thousand and by march the 14th i had twenty two thousand. so that was a massive um, moment for me because from that day when the when the uh, no. when the followers stopped coming in, uh, I then got really serious and I was um, yeah I was leaving my house early in the morning every day to take pictures of sunset, uh, walking on the street all day to take cool pictures, waiting for sun so uh, taking pictures of the sunrise at the start of the day, taking pictures in the middle of the day, waiting for sunset, taking pictures of the sunset. I just wanted to make sure I had as many pictures as I, as I could as possible to post just to keep the people who are now, the new 20,000 people who are now following me in, engaged. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and yeah, one thing led to another and then I got featured by um, a, 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 my friend's magazine in New York called Street Dreams Mag. And then that, off the back of that, I went from 22,000 to 50,000 in like three months. Sure. And then in another three months, I went from 50 to 80. And then in like a year, I was about 100. And what did that mean professionally in terms of... And, these times, and, and by these times, I'm still working at home fundraising, so I'm still doing charity things, still doing photography. And, I was, you know, I was doing a lot. I was just doing fundraising, finishing my job fundraising, going home, changing, uh, having a shower, and getting on the underground. 
because the underground as well, I was focusing, uh, taking a lot of my pictures, okay. I taking pictures of empty walkways, empty tunnels. Um, that was uh, the um, content that I felt like people were enjoying the most because I felt like being from London, uh, the prime thing that we have uh, is the underground that yeah. kind of separates us from a lot yeah, of cities. Yeah, yeah. So I used that. That was my strategy to just keep photographing the underground and um, trying to put that on Instagram. And, uh, to... Is there any fear in that, in terms of like taking pictures of people who you don't necessarily have their permission to take the pictures of. So initially, I wasn't taking pictures of people. I was taking pictures of empty walkways in the underground. Oh, so yeah, there was there was no fear because there was uh, there was no people in the picture. So that was all fine. Um, yeah, there, yeah. To answer your question, there was no fear because yeah, I wasn't photographing anyone. But um, but yeah, now well, isn't isn't because um, I've seen your Instagram, obviously. Um, and some of the pictures, like, are, you know, they're pictures of specific people. Yeah, yeah. Was it that a specific part of the process, taking pictures of specific people that you've seen? You know, so that like took sort of a facial expression, like... A, yeah, no, I got there. I got to that point later on when I started to... Um, um, like, I, for example, I think in 2006, when I was 16, I, I wrote an email to uh, the Evening Standard or the Metro, right. and I said to them, oh, I'm a, I'm a street photographer, or, uh, not even a street photographer, I, I'm a, no, no, it was 2009 when I just started getting into photography. I told them to, to write something about me. So I don't know what that says about my mindset. Maybe I'm a bit <laughs> ego, egotistical, or I'm a bit of a, I'm a, I have a bit of a problem. But I obviously, yeah, I, I obviously felt like I was confident. Yeah, significant and comf- confident enough to write an email to the Evening Standard or the Metro or whoever it was and tell them to, uh, to write about me. Uh, lucky for me, uh, six years later, they actually emailed me and, and did want to write something about me. Yeah. And then from doing that interview uh, and doing more and more interviews uh, in my time... Was that interview website? Uh, Metro. Uh, and from doing a lot of these interviews, it, it, you you know, you get asked questions about, oh, where's your inspiration from? Why do you take these pictures of the people? What did you see? And when you get asked these questions so many times, you then start to realise what you're interested in and... For me, I really, the reason I take pictures of people is because I just think I have a skill where I can take pictures of some of these people, where some other people, some other photographers can't. can't. I can, I can, I can break, I can break the ice with these people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, during fundraising. So like, is that a thing? Do you have to um, get some kind of rapport or an exchange? Or yeah, just yeah. Ask for permission, just to take a picture. Of yeah, yeah. It's all of that, you know, and. All of that came from fundraising. You know, we used to go to people's doors, right. ask, for the, ask them for their bank details in their most, in their most, in their in their most, most comfortable the most comfortable state <laughs> yeah. in the space, ask them for the most sensitive, de- yeah, the most sensitive me. details. So yeah. that job gave me a lot of um, confidence, confidence. Yeah, uh, sure. and it made me realise that if, I, if I've been asking people for bank details for four years, and what, what is it to just ask someone for their picture? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's so pretty much what it was. You always get the permission before you take the picture. Or uh, sometimes depends. Do that Drake lyric. Yeah, I, I, I'd rather ask your um, your forgiveness than your permission. So forgive me. Oh, it's that okay. sort of an approach. Yeah, 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 yeah. You could so say forgive it like me that. for quoting Drake like that, but it's a yeah. real sentiment. It's true. Like mm-hmm. as a photographer, it's a real thing. You're out in the street. You're living your life. You're watching other people live their lives in relation to you, mm-hmm. and you're choosing to take a picture without necessarily asking for, for permission. Yeah, for permission yeah. And obviously, asking for permission is like, as much as you can say it's the right thing to do, you are ruining the moment. 
you know, you can just capture a moment while yeah. it's happening as yeah, opposed yeah. to just being like, me, interrupting it. I, like, I have a picture in mind. Yeah. I, I think I can capture a moment here. Yeah. Do I have your permission to blah, 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 blah. Uh, how did you get comfortable with, with, with that process of just, like, taking pictures without necessarily having people's consent? Okay, remember what you're saying there, because I need to go to that again. Right, I've actually got a uh, week later. So when I start drinking alcohol, it's toilet. Right, cool. Yeah, so, and she was asking people, I don't know, oh, what's this pop-up here? So, um, right, so in terms of asking people's permission, is that something, um, that's something that I found quite interesting, like, as someone who feels like they're quite observant uh-huh. of what's going on around them, how do you? How did you uh, manage to feel comfortable taking pictures of people you don't know um, in quite public environments, regardless of their comfortability with with what the picture is? Um, what, did you always? Did you have like a, a? Did you tell yourself in your head that you get? Sorry, Emmanuel. Get me off Instagram. Okay. Or Snapchat. Oh, what's going on, bro? Oh, what's going on, bro? Yo, you're nappy head top. What you saying? Yo! <laughs> Sorry, Emmanuel. Yeah, that's my cousin. Yeah, that's my cousin. What are you telling me, bro? Okay, bye now. Alright, there's more words in the fucking English dictionary than yo. What are you telling me? What's going on? Okay, bye. Fuck it. Nelson, say something, bro. Like, what go on? I know. How are you doing, my bro? You look bigger. Look at your haircut. I got the nappy thing as well. You know them ones. <laughs> All right, go away. I'm doing a thing. I'm doing a thing. We'll talk, okay? You look good, my bro, yeah? Okay, it was me. I was trying to get okay, you. Okay, she shouldn't be calling you. Is that she's been extra? But yeah, I, I I'll talk to you in a bit, my bro. Okay. I called him time ago. He just called right now. Oh, right. I hate this. I ain't seen him in ages. So that's that's our brother. Oh okay. Bro, we're still recording as well with all these Sorry. dumb interruptions. Sorry. Um, right, Barcelona, Man United are playing. You know. Right, email. Okay, so let's round up. Let's round up because I need to edit this down anyway. Right. Okay, so we're talking about um. What are we talking about, email? Uh, we're talking about Instagram followers and things that like. How do I get the confidence? To, yeah, so to t- so now you've got a pref- you've got a thing where you're you're getting your um. Are you recording me? No, you bastard! <laughs> you bastard! Yeah. <laughs> so you know we're at a point here where um, you've been you're now developing a skill. Yeah. In front of a of a bit of an audience, I guess. Um, you're you're taking pictures, not necessarily getting permission, so to speak. Yeah. Um, you're at a point where you've been practicing, and now you can eat off something that you you do for fun. Yeah. So, where are we? Where are we at this point? What year are we in? What are we talking? Two thousand and fourteen. Okay. Yeah, so 2014, uh, I decided to, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, 2014, I, uh, so I quit, this is when I, I went to New York, so I was in home fundraising, I got two weeks off, because I'm working as a manager now, so I'm on that salary, what is it, 24 days or whatever they give you a year, holiday, and I used a big chunk of that holiday to go to New York, 
Yeah. Uh, and I went to New York just to meet uh, some of the best photographers in the whole game. Okay. And yeah, in going and doing that, um, it was it was a very important trip for me because I met a lot of people that I thought were uh, people I looked up to, people that were probably better than me. And then going there, I realised I'm better than most of them. <laughs> uh, and that was uh, crazy because then I came straight back to London and I sat at my desk in home fun with and then I quit my job about thirty minutes later. Mm. Yeah. And then from there, like, you know, Larry said to me, yeah, uh, yeah he, my friend Larry said to me that he'd help me with my rent for a bit while I was trying to figure out how to become freelance. Lucky, lucky enough, it didn't, take, it didn't take too long. It was about two or three months that I got my first job, which was with Levi's. Okay, cool. Yeah, so my first ever job was with Levi's. Um, and yeah, that was crazy. What did you do for Levi's? Uh, it, was a, it was a series called The Commuter, so like they had like a bunch of clothing they were making for people who ride bike at night cool. with fluorescent lighting and stuff. That's cool. So they connected me with a, a guy from London who was a poet, who was also an avid bike rider. Okay. Um, What's his name, sorry? James, James Messiah, he's a poet as well. Okay. Um, and yeah, I met up with him, took the pictures, and it was kind of funny because he was so cool in the same age as me. So we were interacting and having fun, taking pictures. It felt like it was just jokes, but then I had to remind myself in the back of my head that I'm being paid to do this. Mm. So um, that was uh, challenging in itself. But yeah, the job was done. I got my payment, and that was me realizing that yeah, you can make money from social media. Um, you know, there's this Dave Chappelle quote um, where he says, um, you know, about people aspiring to sort of um, find success in their creative like pursuits or whatever and he's saying now you're going to find out where like I can't remember exactly specifically what he, the words he chose but it's along the lines of where your artistic freedom meets corporate interest mm. so where your expression meets like currency yeah, yeah, yeah. I live that shit like that. do you know what I mean I live that shit you know what I'm saying so of course that choice of now like I'm taking pictures I'm good at taking pictures to like where there's a value on my picture mm-hmm. these guys are willing to pay me yeah yeah what am I looking to what pictures am I looking to take yeah why am I taking these pictures what value am I putting on these pictures versus what value are other people putting on these pictures how does that work in terms of when your talent meets like what is it worth? What are you willing to pay me? What am I going to eat off? Type of thing. Like, because now, something that you've done for fun, a skill that you've noticed that you've... That yeah, got, now it's becoming work. Now it's becoming work. Now it's becoming, you're going to, I'm going to feed myself. Yeah. I'm trying to cement the value. Yeah. How do you walk that line between enjoying doing something... And, and keeping your And great. being aware that there's value in what you do and you're trying to cement your value because you legitimately believe that you should be paid for your work. Um, so it's always been quite easy for me because, um, I've, I mean, it's quite weird, but to, to this day, where I'm five years freelance, I've never, ever, ever emailed someone and asked for a job. <laughs> All my jobs have come to me. And that's quite weird because you wake up certain mornings thinking shit I need to pay the bills I need to pay rent but I've never asked for a job it's all been jobs coming to me and people telling me that they want my services and because of that I've then been in a unique position where I don't need to 
sell out. I don't need to do what they want me to do. Like they, they most companies that approach me approach me because of what I do originally. So I've always been able to just execute. It's a mission statement. When you're consistent with what you do, you've, you've kind of just you've illi- not illustrated, but you've kind of put together a mission statement. This is what I'm about. This is what I do every day. Yeah. Do you buy into it? You're not. You're not necessarily like reaching. You're not. You're not kissing anyone's ass no, to do anything just exactly whereas well, you know if, now that I love what I do so much if I had to you know do certain things and sell out or what, I would do it because I need to what pay what do you mean by sell out like if I had to do certain things that weren't my style I would do it for as the, long as yeah I would do it for the check as long as it doesn't have to be uh, my name doesn't have to be put in some permanent marker on top of the picture like mm-hmm. I'm happy I've done a lot of jobs where it's been uh, behind the door type work where I take pictures and the company posts it and my name's not mentioned uh, did that recently for an alcohol brand um, what was the name of the alcohol brand? Uh, they were actually called For Fuck's Sake <laughs> yeah so it, it's called For Fuck's Sake but it's the you know sake Japanese sake okay sake so yeah, it's yeah. called four and then the number four yeah. F-O-R F-O-U-R Fourth and then Fox, okay, and then Saki. Four Fox Saki, but it me- it's meant to be for fuck's sake. Um, and that was nice, man. I just, Twang. Um, yeah, that was that was nice work. Like getting a good that payment from them. Me, man. Just taking p- pictures. They're putting on their Instagram. My yeah, name's not yeah, even yeah. mentioned. Like I can go on their Instagram, look at the picture, and be like, "That's my picture," but it doesn't yeah. even say my name. Yeah, and yeah, but yeah. I'm still getting a payment. It was amazing. Like normally. Um, in this Instagram world, companies want you to post it, your shit on with the work yeah, you've sure. done on I mean, your page. Like, yeah. like uh, we were talking about, there's a there's a documentary I think it's on Netflix called um, uh, "Terms and Conditions Apply," and it's basically just um, showing people that um, their terms and conditions to like sort of every single thing that they do online and. Um, how you can potentially be exploited, but how at the same time you can protect yourself. Were you ever worried about sort of um No not No. Never I know what you're gonna say. I was never worried. I was never worried because I've always been like no this is, no not to sound big headed, but I've always been like a boss in my industry. I worked in a fundraising game, I was a manager uh, I, I did. I went from knocking doors to managing people knocking doors to then teaching people how to knock doors. Mm-hmm. So I learned a lot in that company that has done a, a huge amount for um, for me as a person. So I, I, I look at contracts all the time. Like I always read the contracts. Some company I've had companies that I've, I was about to work with in the past where they snuck in a little detail like yeah. we own all the rights to your images. You know they're gonna offer me like that's two thousand, two thousand, three thousand pounds. Yeah. Which to me two thousand, three thousand that's a lot of money for what they want. The job they want me to do but takes one hour. But it's my exactly, cash. exactly, and it's I've always made exactly, and that's why I've always made sure I read the contract. And then yeah. from from time when I first decided to read the contract and I saw one company try to fit in there that we own the rights to all your images. I was like, no, mm-hmm. like, you can't. And so from there, I've learned... That's what freaked um, me out about terms and conditions. Yeah, yeah, of course. But for me personally, I've always been my own manager and that's what's scary about um, the industry I'm in because, uh, like I said, I've never messaged a company for a job. Yeah. And the reason I've never had to message anyone for a job is because my Instagram account is like my agent. Yeah. I've got 100,000 plus followers. Yeah. And if a company clicks on my account and they see my email address, they see my work, they see my email address, all they have to do is look at my work and if my work fits in with a brief that they might want to put my way, 
then they know who to email. Exactly. So once they email me now, um, yeah, I mean, I've had a lot of experiences where, yeah, I had to learn along the way, but yeah, they, they don't, probably don't know who they're emailing in the sense that I check everything. So, yeah. and that's because I know that no one else is working for, working with me. I haven't paid a manager to be my manager. I'd love to have a manager nowadays, but um, yeah, you've got to look out for the small details. So I, mean, I know sure what you mean. I know what you mean about the terms and condition. Yeah, I mean, it's just a matter of protecting your talent and making sure you're not being exploited in any way. Yeah. Um, and just being able to profit off what you actually do. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is something that's been, what, we're in 2019. Yeah. So it's technically nine years in the game, right? Like, almost a decade, like, in... I was taking pictures. I only started pictures. working in photography in 2014. Yeah. At the end of it, so yeah, only five years working. But so, what's the future? What are you building towards uh, to end off? Like, what, what is it that you're looking to achieve? Um. So yeah, now yeah, five years into making money from it, you just start to, starting to realize that the game's changed a lot. Like, obviously, even me, I haven't actually stayed as um, hungry and persistent for the whole period. Certain things have happened in my life that have like thrown me off. Like mm-hmm. for example, I got robbed from my camera in 2016. Yeah, yeah, someone broke into my house uh, while I was in the house and stole about five thousand pounds of equipment from me. Mm-hmm. So that was a big uh, knockback, setback. Um, something I'm still kind of getting over to today. Um, Easter will mark. Easter will. Easter will. Easter will mark. Yeah, Easter will mark three years. Easter will mark three years of that happening because it happened on Easter uh, in 2016. But yeah, that was like a setback. Um, but um, at, at the end of the day, as time's gone on, I realised that this is still something that I love to do. Uh, but honestly, in the last two years, I haven't been the same uh, dedicated and focused person that I have been. Uh, just a lot of uh, distractions. I, distractions I, I use like. like uh, going out, drinking, that kind of stuff. You know, still realizing that I'm quite. Yeah, still either, still realizing that I'm quite young. You know, I was quite. Um, even when I started taking pictures, I was really young. But in order to become and put myself in the position that I'm in now, I had to give up a lot of stuff. I was in a relationship when I started taking pictures. I had to uh, end that relationship because I realized I wasn't interested in focusing on giving my girlfriend the attention she needed. I was yeah. more interested in focusing on how I was going to better my career. Yeah. And I'm so one way, I'm so one way of thinking that it's quite hard for me to balance the both. Nowadays, as a 28 year old, I do realise that I've gotten a lot better at balancing the relationship. Who's your girlfriend? Uh, now uh, she works in the civil service. She's a civil servant, so working in the housing department or something like that. I can't, I can't go too into too much into that detail. I think it's all private stuff, apparently. Um, but. Um, yeah, yeah, a lot's happened basically, and like the the um, the time that I've been I spent being into in photography and a lot you know since I got robbed from my camera in two thousand sixteen, uh, yeah, just learning about um, learning to appreciate that a lot of people who are really successful at what they do and where they are in their career have had setbacks yeah. and knowing that I've experienced my own setbacks but 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 yeah I can get back to where I need to be yeah. so, okay. and that's what we're trying to do so yeah back that, where you need to be is um, being um, at the top of my field right? I do thrive off being, off being like one of the top people in the photographic industry I mean that's always been the label I've had in London 
um, and the Instagram community. But <laughs> but yeah, I need to just continue to try and push that and keep going for that. So that's that. That's the that's the goal. That's the goal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in terms of next step. Next step, yeah, we just need to make sure I can actually secure some uh, long-term work, um, work on some po- personal projects. Um, for me, the, the most important thing about photography is not the work that you get paid for, but it's the personal projects that you, you do that when you die, it uh, stays eternal. Yeah. Uh, my advice to anyone that has something that they're doing, that they're passionate about, that wants to make money from it, is just, you've got to be hungry, man. There's nothing else I can say. Like, if you're... If you're distracted day-to-day by other things and stuff, it's not going to work for you. I, I can't stress it enough. I don't think I'm a normal person. Like, I have... This is why I've always struggled in... You in have like, responsibility. Yeah, this is why I've always struggled in, like, like love and relationships because I prioritise and I'm so into what I do for work that it's quite hard for me to think about the person that I'm with so much. When I can't... I do think about them, but not enough because of what I'm trying to do. So I was always going to uh, land on my feet because I'm, I think about what I want to do more than I sleep, you know, in a 24-hour day, in a 24-hour period at, at a time and in my life. It's about being prepared, isn't it? Yeah, you have to You have to really um, be driven. Like, I'll give you an example. My friend Dean, that you're looking at his art all over this room. When he met me, he didn't make money from his art. Mm-hmm. But he knew when he met me that he met someone who was put, potentially going to put him in a path to make money from his art. Now, he has a brother who's a very talented artist mm. who makes money from his art. Yeah. Um, and, but then he has me as well. Um, and, yeah, through through him having his brother who, who got him the blessings of the art and then through him having me as well in his life, he's now found his own ways to make money from his art, whether it's um, doing these pieces and selling them on Instagram or whatnot. For me, it was a bit different. Like I, I, I made money in, different, in a different way. But the challenge is, every day, make, ways of making money for your art or for what you do changes all the time. The way I was making money through my shit at the beginning, it's not happening as frequently now as it did before. It makes it a lot harder. It means I, I struggle a lot more. But it's not changed my attitude towards what I want to do because I, I got into this without wanting to make money from it. So my advice would be, like, if you are just getting into something just for the money... Um, then yeah, good luck, man. But yeah. if you if you if you've got love for what you're doing and 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 then you also want to make money from it, then yeah, keep that passion um, and keep that focus because there'll be times where the money ain't always there. Exactly. So yeah. So like to end off, um, what advice would you give to anyone who's trying to take a talent <clears throat> and flip it into a means of eating? and supporting yourself and, and making sure that you can pay your bills off your time. What, so what, what kind of advice would you give to someone who's, who's literally making a step of, of taking on a talent as uh, something that they can use to support themselves? Uh, I don't know, man. It's a hard question because for me, I didn't, I would not, I was never talented at photography. I was determined to become good, mm. and that's why I got good. Because if you look back at my first pictures, they were not good. Yeah. But they were the three six five thing when I was taking a picture every day for a year. That was a big project and which helped me to uh, develop my skills. And over the period of three hundred and sixty five days, I saw that I got somewhere by the end. Yeah. For 
I, I couldn't. For someone who already knows what they want to do or whatever, it'd be hard for me. The only thing I could say is just know that if this is what you want to do, life is not short. Like I mean, yeah. independent if you, you know, if you die if you die quick, then you die quick. But life is not short. Life is an ongoing thing. So just know that this is going to be something you put in your life into, um, and you're always going to have to find new ways to re-motivate yourself. Um, some of the photographers that I look up to and, and I aspire to become like, uh, there's one in particular, a photographer from New York called Boogie, uh, who is from Serbia, but he went to New York and, and photographed New York in the 90s and photographed the crack cocaine epidemic okay. uh, in, the ho- in the homes of like a lot of uh, black people in Brooklyn and stuff. And he, even Boogie, who is someone I look up to so much, just took two years out of photography, you know. He took took two years out of the game, focused on something else, and came back to photography. Now, he's legendary in the game, you know. He's got books. He's going to... When he dies, his photography will live for hundreds of years. But it's just, the example I'm trying to use is that, yeah, if you're passionate about something and you want to make money from it, yeah, stay driven and, uh, you know, look at YouTube, look at social media, look at what the next people your age and people above you are doing... But also know that shit can get peak and, you know, you might lose that drive. And mm. and if you do, it's normal, you know? Yeah. Like, it's just about knowing that when it comes to that point where you have to reinvent yourself, that's going to be more harder than beginning what you wanted to um, start doing in the first place. So just be aware of the hurdles that are going to come. Yeah. And that's the main thing I'd say. Be aware of those uh, those hurdles because they're real. And yeah, they can knock sure. you. They can knock you the fuck down. Knock you down a few pedestals. Yeah. Okay, so um, yeah, the um, bish bash bosh, bish bash bosh. The whole point of this was to to share the journey of of finding creative freedom and um, um, professional freedom as well, mm-hmm. and um, just talking about the process of finding yourself artistically and personally. So thank you for sitting down with me. Wow, man, on the day, day. easy, and uh, yeah. Um, we're gonna be out here and hopefully more work. Yeah, God, God willing. More shit. Al- Alhamdulillah. Tomorrow. Yeah. Inshallah. Run for a more. Um, but yeah, we're out what here. What are you saying? A couple more magnums, yeah? Couple, couple more magnums. Couple yeah. more magnums for the people, yeah, man. The man of magnums and that. <laughs> magnums and that. Right, cool. But yeah, we're out here and uh, we're gonna yeah. be on a hunt for tobacco. Now. That was salmon, Iman photography. Jeez. Do that.